Welcome to the Organic Matrix. If you enjoy philosophy and holistic wellness tips, this is the show for you. On our last episode, Kelsey Campbell, an Olympic freestyle wrestler, opened up about her experience as an Olympic athlete. On today's episode, we welcome Kelsey back as she begins to tell us what her life is now looking like after her Olympic trials and how she's creatively rebranding herself as her shadow work brings her closer to who she wants to be and who she needs to be for herself. I think that's awesome. That's like, I think it's great too that you're doing that type of like research and just because that's really what it always takes, right? I think you know this because, well, I know this because I know the things I've had to do to like get to this point. So I'm guessing you would know this too, but you really kind of have to like take it upon yourself. You know, there is no like big invitation to be like, hey, come and find out all this data so that we can help our athletes be better humans. <laughs> and I think too, and so I think there is prop there's just something in you, like there's an empathy in you that's like, like this can't be everyone's like struggle. Like I wanna help people not have to go through these things, right? And then the other thing is always always understanding, like you just said it, right? You're like, okay, but the flip side is I don't even know what my athletes are thinking. So what do you do? You become more animated, you become more motivational, you try to push them, you do all the things that your coaches did. And you're not trying to gaslight them, but you don't know, right? So it's like this crazy revolving door where we just need to be a lot more open and create a different culture. And then on top of that, you know, this, like the stuff you're talking about, recognizing trauma and like knowing how to respond to it as a person of influence or authority. And like, I think on top of that too, you know, I'm thinking about a few phenomenal coaches, like they're going to develop and they have developed some really technical and great athletes that are not going to ever address any part of that, but they are going to be successful athletes. And I think one thing I've had to realize, and I, I don't have the passion or desire to go to coaching. Coaching is not as easy as it may seem at times. As a coach, how can we truly measure how hard we should push our athletes? Coming up, Kelsey and I discuss the challenges of coaching. But even in the times that I have taken on that role, I've realized like there will be coaches who will never find interest. They will never take an interest in like this side of the sport. Mm -hmm. They will develop great athletes and they will be in the headlines and they will always be there and it will always be up to people like you you know and I think that's just something that like it's something that I've had to really think about lately too and I think athletes it's important to think about like what do you really want out of everything your life your your are you really like do you really want to be do you really love the sport do you want to be famous is this your ticket out of your situation because I'm telling you that was probably more of a reason than I would have admitted at the time. Mm -hmm. um, that's not, a, that's, it's more popular to say, I've loved this since I was two years old. I've dreamed of this since I saw it. So-and-so on NBC Olympics, but that was not my story. I started wrestling when I was like 17, so whatever. <laughs> like, so cool. that wasn't my story. And like, you know, there's always gonna be 
people who just want to watch baseball and then there's going to be people who want to talk about race and then there's going to be people that they just want their team to win and there's going to people be people who are going to be like yeah but we need to talk about equal pay and there's always going to be people who just don't care you know and um and athletes there's always going to be coaches that just don't get it one of my first coaches that i credit to helping me be like uber successful i i remember early on and i don't feel this way now but i remember early on making a decision i was like you know he's not a very nice person but he's going to help me get there mm. i remember telling myself that as a young athlete and preparing cuz i had already had so many terrible coaches but i'm not telling saying athletes should do this what i'm saying is my goal wasn't to feel good my goal was to win that was it i didn't care how i felt so it didn't matter that he wasn't a good person but if you're trying to work on your mental state of being then don't then that stuff matters you know does that make sense like if your goal is to be famous then do whatever you need to do to be famous just use wrestling do whatever you need to do if you're if you love the sport then your goal probably isn't just to be famous but you might end up famous anyways you know like if your goal as an athlete is just like i want a scholarship whatever i think just like owning where you stand you know owning who you are and all of it owning your goals um cuz that's where you keep your identity that's where you don't lose it i think i lost my identity too you know i think it and it didn't start that way sometimes we start out and we're like I'm doing this for all the right reasons cuz why else would I do some a sport like this? <laughs> like there it's only right reasons. Um but then you have some success and you feel some comfort that you never felt and you receive some feedback that you never felt. You you're eating three meals a day, right? How you were saying like you have books, you have a place to sleep. You have things like comforts you never had, safety you never had. and you're like okay so i love this sport but also this is like a well-being issue <laughs> this is like a a quality of life oh it's also like how i put food on my table oh it's also this oh this is like literally where all my friends are like oh so it's also my social so then it it does become other things for me it did become a job that's not a bad thing i just had bills to pay but it also became other things you know and i think we lose our identity because it becomes something else but we keep saying it's still this it's still that and then we start lying to ourselves and then obviously you lose your identity because you're lying to yourself it's you're like it's that's actual insanity you know so it does get complicated when we start trying to be something we're not mm-hmm. it really does it gets really complicated what kelsey said really stood out to me Staying true to our goals and building a foundation around our why is how we can hold on to our identity when life seems to begin transforming around us. That's a valuable piece of wisdom, and a piece of wisdom I'll keep in my archives from here on out. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app 
or go to anchor.fm to get started. You forget who you are. You lose yourself. That's what people mean when they say, don't lose yourself in that, you know, don't forget who you are. It can be really tough. A coach that I love, I love so much, Emma Randall. Oh yeah, she's amazing. She handles the mental part really well and I can see it in her athletes, like her, her athletes. Okay, so like seeing the growth from Beat the Streets from when Emma Randall was there and like before she was there and now, like our athletes still have so much heart from coming from like, my generation was like Cheryl Wong and then having Jackie Davis and Mark Anthony as a coach. They were more like Jackie and Mark Anthony in my day, we were more military-like. Like it's a privilege yeah. to be in this room. You're gonna work harder than everybody else. Like, and it doesn't, you don't have to beat anyone per se, but you have to show up for yourself. And it was like, if you say, I can't do something, drop 50 burpees, 60 burpees, a hundred burpees, like insanity. And, but I like that because yeah. it, it like redirected every time I thought I couldn't do something and I'm going to do something even harder. But then seeing how Emma Randall took the state, like took over and her new style with Penn, like they're more loving and, and, uh, and Barry Hart, but they're more loving and they nourish the identity of the athlete now. And like, so people in my generation will come and like coach and help out. And we're like, they got it so easy, but we actually realize that this is what the sport's supposed to be. And now beat the streets has like so many placers. I think our recent tournament, we had eight eight placers and we have people going to high high level tournaments with this loving coaching style. That's not abuse. Yeah. And that, that warms my heart to see, like yeah. you don't have to go balls to the wall to be a good athlete. Yeah, you know, Emma, Emma is a really phenomenal person. And I always have these really weird thoughts about the world and stuff, you know, those, things you don't share about with people, but I'm sharing now, so whatever, don't judge me. But um, I feel like Emma fits into the category of these types of people, you know? I always think about like, man, we really went from like, and this is, a, I don't necessarily believe this, but like, we really went from like actual like animals to like, we're in space and stuff. <laughs> and you think like over all these years where some people cared about this or that, like there was somebody who just only cared about like science and space travel for like thousands of years humans have just evolved and emma is a person she is she's that person she's like she just really focused and made it very data driven like oh my gosh i mean i've sat through a lot of emma's presentations that woman is data driven and i you know and actually one of the first camps i did she was i think she was still a student at lock haven so i actually met her really early in my career and I've always had a special place in my heart for her, but I've always just admired the way she was able to, no matter what was going on, really focus on her craft and never compromise the work, you know? think People can think whatever about you, but if you can focus on the craft and not compromise the work, there's no question about the work, you know? And she's just a really um, like elite person in that way. And obviously, I think she's been through a lot and because she does look at facts so naturally now, she's able to like really be a human to people because she's able to see things and still like 
take into account her own experiences. And she's just relatable. But yeah, no, Emma's Emma's good people. She's really good people. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm glad that she's so close to New York now. Yeah. Yeah, she's really awesome. I think a lot of people didn't really see. I know I didn't, but I feel like I didn't totally see um, like I think, you know, like when you're growing up in school and you're focused on whatever you, there's always like those nerdy kids or, or maybe you were the nerdy kid. I don't know. But you're like, what are they doing all the time? They're just, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't think I realized at the time how focused she was. You know, I think I got, I would even get distracted by the noise, but it's really interesting to think about now and to see like how it's, uh, how all that focus is paying off for others. Oh yeah. She definitely introduced a whole new perspective into the whole sport, at least for me. Like I met Emma during the time, the beginning times of like where I was starting to be confused about my identity. And she started talking about uh, sports psychology. That was like the first seminar of hers that I saw at a camp. And she, her story, helped set me free in a lot of ways because when she told me she's like well I realized like I wasn't gonna probably be the number one athlete in the country but I still worked she said like she would still work towards that goal but she knew that she was gonna be like a great coach like she knew that she had a mind for some another area for the sport and she accepted that and I feel like that that's where a lot of like her passion and success like was able to blossom into what it was like she wasn't here trying to force herself to be somebody she wasn't going to be like yeah like she knew like her where her talents lied in sport and and that's why I love that it goes full full circle to what you were speaking into earlier because like once you find your why and your goal of why you're doing something even if it's really hard it it does it keeps your identity intact yeah and that is everything i don't think people realize and you know this is something i wanted to say before and it was in response to something you said i can't remember though but you had talked about how like your finances and your whole life situation and you know one of the hardest things i went through and it was connected to wrestling. And I'm, I'm not going to get too much into detail with this, but I think one of the hardest times I went through, um, the worst part of it happened really fast. Like it was like zero to a hundred. And I, and it, and it was uh, somewhat recent. And I remember thinking after everything I've gone through, I wasn't ready for this. And I did not realize how fast things can, you can really lose everything fast. And, um, and I think sometimes we don't take things seriously because we think we have time, you know, we think, and you do like, and you should like live in the moment. But like, I think that there are some things that aren't that important. Right. And then there's things like who you are. That's like super important. And The problem is that we live in a world where we're constantly being told who you should be or who you want to be. 
<laughs> so Emma, her whole life is being told, you can be anything you want to be. You, you, I mean, she was a Lock Haven student. She's smart as hell. Like, she probably could be anything she wanted to be. Why shouldn't she be a wrestler? Or, like, a great wrestler, whatever, an Olympic wrestler. <clears throat> I said the same things. I was basically homeless out of high school. Why shouldn't she have that dream if I have that dream? Everybody says the sport's for everybody. Why shouldn't she? So, like, for her to not be privy to that dream why like so like the american dream isn't for every american like what does that mean you know like why is that fair mm. so i but i think we're like yeah but it's the olympics come on like it's like no no that's huge like that is huge why shouldn't she just shouldn't you know and so i think like it happens quick and you got to figure it out and no one gets it. No one probably understood how hard that was for her, you know? Um, but I think just like, you know, it's weird. I've done so many talks in camps and clinics and you have too. And you, you think back to when they always say, what's the one piece of advice you'd give? And you will always say things like, always go 100% or something like obvious that like the parents will like. And like the kids will obviously write down, you know, and won't forget. But I'm like, you know, you can do 100% of bad things. Like you, I really do think one of the most important things is to remember who you are in all of it. Like really, really to remember who you are. Cause that like, I don't know. Like that's that's been a big thing for even for me, you know, that when you have a gold medal in front of you or a, an empty spot in an Olympic team, it is very easy to get distracted and to not think about who you are and all of it, you know? But if you remember, like, I don't know. I just think that is important. And, and even as I'm saying, I'm like, there's no way to really convince someone of that. You kind of just have to figure it out, you know? But... Yeah. I think that's the greatest advice. And I feel like that's something that we all need to hear in like the whole world right now. And I think that's a part of like <clears throat> what COVID did to set us kind of free. Like even though it caused a lot of suffering, but it, it got a lot of people to ask a question like, who am I? And do I identify with what I do for work as a part of my life and something I could risk my life doing? And yeah. I think that's so important because as we're growing up, we really don't know who we are because our whole life, like coming from being a child, like our parents, our image, they tell us what to do. And then we get higher into the levels of school, then we meet our coaches and then we wanna live in their image because we wanna be great. And then we get so used to following directions that when it comes time to make our own decisions, it gets like, we consider all of these other like um reactions from our past mentors and the identities they created for us and say like what would they do what would they do but what yeah would i do right so it's true yeah it's so true so how did these lessons that you picked up on wrestling how did it translate to your life like post olympic journey um, honestly, <clears throat> I'm still figuring some of that out right now. Like, I don't, I don't really have enough hindsight. I think I've realized some really hard things. Um, I do think that I'm starting to realize 
a lot of where I lost myself in the sport. Um, And I think I'm at a place too where I can look back on my career and see that I was wrong about a lot of things, but then there were things I was right about, you know, and, and also to just be okay with knowing that just me, myself and I, you know, it's not something it has to be like, I think there's a lot of nuance. Nuances that I learned that are like specific to me. There's some things that I just like had some light shed on very recently that like really changed a lot of how I remember things from my career. Um, So there's just there. Yeah, I've definitely been having a lot of roundtable meetings with myself. (laughs) I think it's a good thing, you know, to be working through it all. And because I like truly don't want to really be involved with the sport anymore it makes it easier to like not be biased or attached to anything and to really just be able to look at myself and my career and be like this is where you could have done better you know this is where you missed this is where you missed the mark um but i don't i cannot there's like a few things that i'm seeing but most of it i'm still figuring out i'm not i have not arrived at any answers <laughs> yeah it's only been three years right that's, that's super recent yeah and then right after I coached um and I definitely jumped into that too fast and just I don't believe I was really ready to take that on so that was a big learning experience so it feels like it was a little it still feels kind of fresh it doesn't feel like it's been three years but a lot has happened <laughs> I feel like a lifetime has passed. Um, so, uh, but I'm really grateful to be living a different life now. It's nice. <laughs> Can you tell us more about um, what you're pursuing now in your career and, and what you're transforming your life into? Yeah, um, so it's been kind of busy, but um, for a lot of really good reasons. Um, my fiance and I, we are, we just purchased this huge property and we're flipping it. And it's a really unique property <clears throat> and I'm excited about it. I, I've i never really wanted to pursue real estate, but I always felt that like flipping homes was a really reasonable way to build income. And it's like, you're not tearing down more trees. You're not building something new. And the property that we're flipping is extremely eco-friendly and it's, it's, I'm just excited about it. Um, so we're relocating and then we are going to part-time relocate again and expand his, and then all my stuff's e-commerce. So it's not like, but that's kind of the stuff we're doing together. And then, um, I'm, I have my, um, I hate, I don't like calling it a thrift shop because I feel like that's not what it is. I mean, I have stuff on my shop right now that is unused and not pre-owned, but it is, well, it is kind of all pre-owned stuff, but um, I have that and it's still going well. Like I haven't been as um, active in social media just because I've been too busy. Um, But 
luckily that type of industry it kind of steadily maintains itself just because it's not an industry that necessarily has to follow a lot of trends that like fast fashion has to which is nice and it is actually like repurposing items and upselling that is something i'm passionate about like the thrift industry itself wasn't something that was truly like my thing but <clears throat> i do think that the retail industry can do a lot better about how we treat the earth and i feel like this is a way that i can sincerely do my part so that's been exciting and i'm rebranding the entire thing um so that's another reason i haven't been as active um i'm i'm like i had a lot of fun the first few months and i learned a lot but it was obvious to me um there were some aspects of the brand and the image that it just wasn't the direction i wanted like i i really don't want bubblegum and i don't i want it to be very simple and relatable and just something that speaks to a lot of people not just college girls i don't know like i just think there's more people in the world than that so and more situations right it's not and you know some people aren't people aren't passionate thrifters some people just don't have money <laughs> like some people just need nice clothes but can't afford it sometimes it's not about passion it's about your life situation um and then i did start beading and that's been cool and i like i do have a couple clients which is cool but really i'm i'm doing it completely different than the clothing i'm really working to maintain it as a hobby and just kind of doing things i like and if people like want to purchase something i price everything individually and it's really just kind of when i feel like doing it but i really love it it's very meditative um I am still acting. I actually I'm filming uh in LA for like it covers the course of like 4 weeks, but it's a total of about 3 weeks and it's a supporting role and it's actually like the largest role I've been cast for to date. So I'm really excited. Another film that I've shot this past year, it's um being uh whatever, what's the word not previewed, but being showcased I guess in Florida for the first time like this weekend but I don't obviously I don't think I'll be able to go which I'm kind of bummed about so there's some stuff going on there the music I I'm actually working on a few songs right now that I'm really proud of that I think do reflect what my life looks like right now from the inside um and I'm but I through I'm also trying to figure out like who I want to be in the industry I think I I do really want to separate myself from the athlete I was for a lot of different reasons. Um so I've kind of been keeping a lot of things under wraps on purpose and it's been nice and freeing just I don't know what's going on in the world because I'm not on social media like at all except to look at beads and like paintings and flowers. Honestly, like that's like all I look at right now is like jewelry and like butterflies and like sunsets. photography um but uh and it's been nice it's been helping me mentally a lot actually uh but it's been busy i've just kind of been enjoying it just me and like my inner circle and it's been healing and so yeah <laughs> that's awesome i love how you use social media i feel like it should be more looking at things you love instead of people instinctually compare themselves to other people on social media but i like to see it as like a vision board like yeah look at stuff you want to manifest, you know, things like that. Yeah. No, it's true. It's so true. 
But I would love to uh, see some of your links, like to your e-commerce and support and share it with our audience. Yeah. So like that, my, I think where we connected. So my, like that Instagram, like, okay, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Like it's not a page that's really active anymore. And I couldn't really figure out what to do with it. Cause I'm like, I'm kind of over that, but I'm like, it was a big part of my life. I can't just act like I didn't wrestle. <laughs> like, so I just leave it there as exactly what you said, kind of just like a vision board of my career. Mm -hmm. So it's just there, but my link tree is there and that connects to all like my website, my music. It's, it's not a million links. It's just the ones that will get you everywhere that matter to me. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be posting. I might share stuff in the stories and I do respond to messages. Obviously that's how we connected, but, um, I, um, yeah, I'm not on there a ton, but that's like definitely the place that people can find my stuff if they want to. I, I really appreciate you answering me too. This has been like such an enlightening experience. I was like, do we know each other? I'm all like <laughs> skeptical of everyone on social media now just because social media went and did me in. <laughs> so I like have to be, I'm just so careful. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think I'm a bot and I'm like, no, I'm real, I promise. <laughs> well, like you have a unique name and then your picture, it's like a good picture, you know? And just the way social media is, you just never know. Mm -hmm. You just never know. <laughs> uh, anyways. What is one of the most influential people in your life and how have they impacted you? Um, gosh, there's been so many. Oh. Oh my gosh. Um, this is gonna sound really corny, but I'm gonna actually save my fiance, boyfriend, whatever. I say boyfriend because it's less syllables. <laughs> it's just easier. <laughs> Sometimes I say life partner because <clears throat> Well, that's a different, that's a different show actually, but, um, he just, uh, he showed me things that I never saw in other humans my whole life. I like, there's just things I never saw or felt I've heard you can get lift service from a lot of people. And, and I've told him this, like I, and it, and like, you know, you think about if you don't know what it's like to experience snow, <laughs> like, you know, those kids that like never saw snow and then they go play in snow for the first time. Like, what do you see? It's like immediately something changes. They realize the world is like a little bit bigger mm -hmm. and that happened in my current relationship. And we have been through some really tough stuff. Like, honestly, we joke that we're together because with us, like two plus three is four. And it just is like the universe, like made an exception. Like that's why we're together. So like, we don't make sense, but it, but we do. So that's like, but he, you know, I feel like he's like snow for me. He's like, or like, he's like when you get contacts for the first time or something like use, I saw some things that I never saw and it immediately changed me. And I was like, so this is how people have been living. <laughs> like, and it, you know, it, it's really been healing for me. Um, and I'm, I'm a person that's really private about relationship stuff. So um, for me to share all of that, that's kind of a big deal. But, um, <laughs> um, but I think I just can't think of someone who has shown me more than he has. 
like good things that I want to remember and hold on to. I'm so happy to hear that. And God bless you. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So. And the final question. <laughs> what are three other podcasts you'd recommend for the audience and why? Um, okay, so I'm such an NPR geek. But I'm going to pull them up really quick because I, I actually listened to I'm, I've been listening to these for years. I'm such a nerd. And now it's cool to talk about so I can talk about it. <laughs> so I listened to <clears throat> Ted Radio Hour. Um, I listened to Hidden Brain and Throughline. And those are all like NPR kind of nerdy. They're, they're not your <clears throat> average Joe Rogan. And they're not, they're not even like this podcast. They're definitely not where you t- just kind of like talk open ended. Um, Ted Radio Hour usually takes like a topic, a more general topic and brings in different experts from like all different sides. So it'll talk about like, um, just, oh, so like one episode I listened to, which was really awesome. It was talking about how property builds wealth and, and it brought on Cory Booker, like someone you would never think of, like an African-American who's like, literally my dad kind of played the system in a racist time, bought a house and be in a middle-class neighborhood. And because of that, we built our wealth for decades to come and how that changed his whole life and how, um, and so, but then it also talks about like, um, how women weren't allowed to, and how like just different sides of owning property, how that's affected us today. Things like you wouldn't, not just like flipping a house, but like gender, race, like, the times, why we buy land, how that started, if you don't believe in the Bible type stuff, you know? Um, And then um, uh, Hidden Brain, it's um, like, it talks about like facts and brings on experts. So TED Radio Hour is more just like these generic topics, Hidden Brain, it'll talk about like budgeting and how what happens when you don't have money. And we talked about this earlier, actually, because I've learned a lot about this through this podcast. Talks about how like when you're poor or you don't like have a livable income, you your brain can't circuit to think long-term. So like that psychological is impacted by like outer circumstances. So it talks about budget from that point of view, but then also like what, how, how do you budget and how like most people don't grow up knowing how, and then the other one I listened to is Throughline, which it's kind of the same structure, but it's more historical. So it talks about like, how did Russia become Russia? <laughs> like, you know, like, it's not like Russia was always like this. It like, um, Putin became a leader or Putin became a leader. It was a very like calculated story. You know, it wasn't random and on accident. And so, and how that impacts us and how we played a part. And so it's just kind of like podcasts that give you big picture on things that we think we know something about, but we usually don't. (laughs) And I just really like to learn more. And I like to learn about a world that I don't get to see as much, you know? Amen. I love that too. Those are Ted Radio Hour and Hidden Brain are like my like top favorite. I've been listening to those te- for years. Do you think that's a good description? Do you think like I don't know, maybe since you listen to them, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a great description because I agree. Like Ted Radio Hour, what I love about it was during a time where I was like struggling mentally, it was just so inspiring to hear other experts speak. Yeah. And 
I like when they do those moments where like they had a few like a series on like talking to people who did amazing things like climb Mount yeah. Everest or like swim across all all the bodies of water and I love hearing how these people like relive these incredible moments yeah in it's like you're there you feel yeah. like you're there they do a good job of that yeah mm -hmm. And it's very structured. It's not like open-ended. That's the thing that I always tell people. I'm like, I don't know if you'll like this. It's not very chatty. <laughs> like, it is very like structured, it seems like. I, I love that. Like, I love that it's structured like that because it's just, for someone has ADHD, like I'm always like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Then Hidden Brain, I love because it tells you the the full 4d picture of what it's like being a human being like yeah no yeah exactly that's good i was like i don't know i feel like this is more of it's not really like gen it's more i i didn't know how to say it but that's a really good <laughs> hidden brain exactly that's exactly what it is yes <laughs> through line that sounds like i'm about to look into that because i love history and the way you describe it like how did russia become russia and like that putin didn't just land there like now yeah. i really want to hear that and all of these shows have a lot of the same producers. So if you like the other two, you'll like this. And this one, the episodes are a little shorter because history can kind of, you know, be a sleeper, right? So it's like the same, but a little shorter. So you don't like get bored. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, like you'll I think you'll like it if you like the others. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us today on the Organic Matrix. I, I appreciate your time so much and your openness. Of course. And thank you. If you ever want to come back and talk about what's what's going on and catch up, I would love to have you again. Of course, anytime. If you enjoyed this conversation with Kelsey and you found it insightful, please like and share. In the description, I will be tagging Kelsey's link tree so if you would like to support her on her journey as an entrepreneur and an artist, you're welcome to do so. I definitely subscribe to her on, on Spotify, and I totally recommend her music. Kelsey was a fantastic guest, and I'm so grateful for her time, for her being so generous with her time and sharing her values with the Organic Matrix family. I hope you stay safe, and if you have any comments, and if you have any thoughts or comments or suggestions, Please send us a tweet at organic underscore matrix at twitter.com. I hope you stay safe and I'll see you on the next download.